If it's Thursday, it's Dr. P on the pod. Almost two-thirds of women and African-Americans are about twice as likely to have Alzheimer's. Join the Balm and Gilead for Memory Sunday on June 10th and educate your community and congregations about Alzheimer's. Visit the National Brain Health Center for African-Americans at balmandgilead.org to download free resources, the Memory Sunday Toolkit, and the Book of Alzheimer's. Memory Sunday, June 10th. Let's work together to fight Alzheimer's. Visit Balm and Gilead. It's Thursday, and it's Dr. P on the pod. I hope you're having a good week. I am excited because coming up this Sunday, the second Sunday in June, we are here, June 10th, second Sunday in June, Memory Sunday. Don't forget, June is Brain Health Awareness Month, and the second Sunday is June is Memory Sunday, we are asking all of our churches to just take a minute out of your worship experience on Sunday. Just give some facts about Alzheimer's. Let's just pray. Give a special prayer to those who are providing caregiving to their loved ones. We want to pray for those who are living with Alzheimer's. We're just asking you to take a little bit of a little bit of a minute from the worship experience on Sunday for. Memory Sunday, because we have a great burden in our community, Alzheimer's, and so many of us are taking care of our loved ones. African Americans, we have the highest rate of Alzheimer's leading the charge are black women. So please, please, Sunday morning, come Sunday, take a minute and say something, give some special prayer for those who are providing caregiving those who are living with Alzheimer's. If you have not downloaded the book of Alzheimer's, the book of Alzheimer's, a resource guide for African-American congregations, please go and download it for free. You can go to the bombandgilead.org, bombandgilead, not B-O-M-B, that's B-A-L-M, the bomb, bomb, B-A-L-M, ingilead.org. And get your free download, The Book of Alzheimer's, a resource guide for African-American congregations. And you can also get a free download for Memory Sunday Toolkit. It's not too late to register. You just register and you just tell us that you're doing something. doesn't cost you anything. Just go and get the book. You know, we have all these resources and we cannot get them to the people if you don't take the time to come and get it from our resource and get the information to our brothers and sisters in your pew and in your communities. So we're looking forward this Sunday, second Sunday, June 10th, Memory Sunday. I want to give a shout out to all of those people and young people who are graduating. Oh man, the list is long. All of our graduates, graduates from kindergarten, graduates from elementary school, middle school, high school, college, folks getting their postdoc, folks getting their doctorate, MD, lawyer. Hey, congratulations. Been there, done that. Thank you, Jesus. I am just so excited for all of you who are uh, coming into a new era of your life. 
it's time out to put the books away, have a little break before starting up again with your career or starting again into your new school experience. Congratulations to all of our graduates and more importantly, congratulations to all the people who got you through. Uh, I'm excited this weekend. We are saying congratulations to Maurice. Maurice, our prince, the Prince of Bonaire, we call him. You hear him playing his piano at the beginning of the uh, podcast. Maurice is graduating from middle school. I don't know how this boy got to be 14 graduating from middle school. He has been aging and I have not been aging. He's aging all by himself. Uh, so we are having a big celebration. Uh, Thursday is graduation and Saturday folks are coming in to just be present and do what we do. We're going to have some very um, uh, non-fat macaroni and cheese and some non-fat barbecue chicken <laughs> some non-fat chicken wings uh, and we're going to have some fabulous salad a fabulous salad and definitely some non-fat turkey curry turkey wings uh and we are going to have a great time i'm looking forward to the family coming in uh and being present uh i you know i have uh, i am now big mama's house in honor of all the my ancestors and all of my aunts and folks whose homes we used to go to and just have a good time in the backyard and just I my house is now that and uh, it's Aunt P's house. Uh, it's not Big Mama's house. It's Aunt P's house, but it's one in the same. So I'm looking forward to the family gathering and we paying homage to uh, our little prince Maurice. Uh, he's graduating on Thursday, partying on Saturday, and then his spring recital is spring piano recital is Sunday when he's playing um, he's playing Rondo uh, composed by Mozart so it's a special weekend at my house we have memory Sunday uh, coming up worship experience and give a shout out to our little prince Maurice Deese for his eighth grade uh, graduation as well as honoring all of our graduates wherever you are in the world guess what if it's thursday oh yeah oh yeah if it's thursday mm-hmm it's dr p on the pod we are excited today to have an author with us, Miss Loretta Vaney, our sister, our sister in the fight against Alzheimer's. You know, uh, I, sh I shared with you that June is Brain Health Awareness, and you know, coming up on Sunday, it's Memory Sunday. Uh, the Bomb and Gilead's annual recognition Sunday. We're asking churches around the country to do something, to say something about Alzheimer's and say something about dementia and care and caregivers. All the care caregivers in our congregation, let's just take a minute and love on them on Sunday. Someone who is uh, tackling Alzheimer's, you know, let's just just take a just take a minute out of our worship experience on Sunday and for Memory Sunday. But for today, I'm excited to have my sister. She is the author of Being My Mom's Mom, 
Being My Mom's Mom. And her new book is Refreshment for the Caregiver's Spirit. Amen. <laughs> we are so excited to have our uh, sister here. Uh, and she is right on time because we wanted to bring her the week leading up to Memory Sunday. Because indeed she has a fantastic story. I want you to know she, she has had featured articles in the Washington Post, the New York Times, AARP, PBS special featuring all-timers caregivers. But most important, she is here on Dr. P on the pod. Sister, how are you, my sister Loretta? I am fabulous, fabulous. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for all the, the great work that you have done uh, in this space and that you've done so much. So I'm just going to let you share about how you, uh, you know, being your mom's mom sure. um, and, you know, all of the things that you would want to share about coming into your book. Uh, and then now you're talking about refreshment for the caregiver's spirit. So, right. sister, <laughs> you, you just carry on. Tell us. Take us to the mountaintop. All right. Well, thank you so much again. Our, so, our journey really began in 2006 when I took my mom to the doctor after some pretty, you know, unusual stuff. You know, I think all of us who see little things in our loved ones, you know, they forgot something or something, and we just kind of brush it off. And I had done that for a period of time until uh, my mother was passionate, I say again, passionate about her Tai Chi class that <laughs> occurred on Tuesdays and Thursdays in her non-assisted living apartment. And she would help set up the class and all that. And one Tuesday, I called her from work to say, oh, you know, how was Tai Chi today? And my question was met with dead silence. And then she said, oh, I was so busy, I forgot to go. Now, you'd have to know my mama. She wouldn't ever schedule anything on Tai Chi Day. If you would call her and say, let's go to breakfast. No, it's Tai Chi Day. You might get stuck mm. in traffic or something. So wow. she would never miss it. So the fact that she missed it, I remember calling my sister and saying, hey, mom missed Tai Chi today. And she said, what was she doing? I said, I have no idea. That should have been the wake-up call for Loretta. But like many people, I ignored it, just thinking, you know, all was well. But all was not well. And then um, several other things occurred, you know, of that similar magnitude. And then so finally I made an appointment just with her general practitioner, who I really didn't like. But anyway. So <laughs> That's I, another I story for another time. <laughs> really didn't, yeah. Really didn't like it. Anyway, but I did, we did get to the... Um, the diagnosis, and he referred us to a neurologist. We went there, and you know, they, they just give some, you know, pretty simple tests that the, the season, you know, the weather, when it's Christmas, your birthday. She knew her birthday, but she didn't know much else. And uh, that was really you know, shocking to me. So he says those words You are in the beginning stages of dementia. And I have to say, the first thing I thought, my first feeling, intense fear. Mm. <laughs> Why? Because, hey, there's no cure. But that wasn't the biggest problem. The biggest problem for me was my mom was 77 years old when she was diagnosed, and she was the first person in our, you know, in our family. So um, I'm bad in math, but I had a great grandmother live to 107, mm. and there's nothing else wrong. And she did by herself till she was 101, and fought us when we tried to move her. <laughs> so even though I'm bad in math, I knew there was a whole lot of years between 77 and 100, and there's <laughs> nothing else wrong with my mother except mm. for dementia. Now, no high blood pressure, no high cholesterol, no arthritis. She could go outside and run us around the block right now and win. 
And so my greatest fear was that my mother would outlive my money. Mm. My Lord. So my journey began. I had always written down everything that, you know, occurred. I was always kind of a journaler. So I just started learning everything and writing down everything, what the doctor said, what the doctor did, what we were supposed to do, the things she did. I tried to track all her behaviors so I could notice changes and let them know. Um, and I called the Alzheimer's Association. I'm sure I drove those people crazy because I was always asking questions. And, but I wanted to seek information. And the reason I wanted to do that is because, I mean, even if it wasn't going to help my mom, I wanted to help other people. So, I, you know, I tried reaching out to churches and doing different things, especially in the African-American community. But it's still, in my mind, kind of a great stigma. Mm-hmm. But, you know, with the disease, so when I would say, oh, can we have a forum about Alzheimer's, you know, and talk about these things and make people aware that they need to seek help and do all these things. And, you know, sometimes the pastor would say, oh, no, 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 we don't have that problem here. Uh-uh. Well, uh-uh. You Are you kidding me? That was, just ig- no. that was just ignorance. In the first few pews, those people don't have any idea where they are. So I used to think to myself, yeah, keep sticking with that story if that works for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really? It's a problem everywhere. So I got the idea to write the book because I had had, um, you know, so much information about, you know, how it progressed with her and um, pictures and photos and all these kinds of things. And so um, just quite frankly, I wrote the book to help pay for my mother's care. It's pretty Mm. much as simple as that. And I didn't want anybody to go through what what we went through and by that I mean you know wait until the last minute ignoring some of the signs as oh it's nothing like one of the chapters of my book is called it was the little things at first and then of course little things lead to a big thing yes um, the big thing was my mother hadn't worked for 20 years yet in her non-assisted living building she had gotten all dressed up one day and gone down to the lobby and, and they says oh miss woodward where are you going oh i'm going to work now the woman knew that she hadn't been working but she let my mother go outside nobody called me mm. and she said she was waiting for a ride that woman had been dead 20 years wow. and they would call me about bake sales and all this you know in her building but nobody called me to say my mother went outside and um, so that was kind of the start for us. But again, I take a lot of responsibility for, you know, waiting to a near disaster because I just, it's not because I necessarily wanted to, didn't want to face it. I just wasn't sure what to do initially. So I was hoping my book would not only be, um, you know, financially beneficial for me to care for my mom, but also would um, particularly help African Americans, you know, have family meetings. I, was like, I don't care how your, your loved ones are. Start to have those conversations about where do you want to live when you get older? Mm. And because, you know, it's a, you know, kind of, it was kind of a joke in our family. My mother made us sign, my sister and I signed a document that said we would not, you know, force her to live with us. <laughs> and I don't know, you know, we're such fabulous people. I don't know why she would say that. But, <laughs> but, but, you know, so I ended up putting her in a group home. And so, you know, I'm adding maybe not quite a thousand dollars between that and a couple hundred dollars for depends and all those things. And so, um, I was like, well, you know, this income is going to have to come from somewhere. And so the book has just been so beneficial in, you know, being able to keep my mom in the place that she wants. So if you asked her, <laughs> she doesn't talk much these days. But if you asked her, she thinks she lives alone. And she lives in a group home with uh, five other Alzheimer's patients uh, in the county, in Prince George's County, Maryland. And I see her almost every day. 
I worked from 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. so that I could go and spend time with her before sundowners comes to visit. It used to be like it didn't arrive until, you know, 5 or 6 o'clock in the evening. For the listeners who don't know, sundowners is um, pretty marked change in behavior as the day goes on so as the sun starts to set you know they may start to take off their clothes or start cursing that they're doing things that they've never done before and that typically comes in the evening what i used to be five or six o'clock for my mom and now it's closer to three in the afternoon and things like that so um you know i continue to try to track a lot of the changes that you know she's gone through and you know things like that and so most of the um, time especially when i speak to young people um people in their 20s and 30s um, i always try to say have these family meetings while your loved ones can still articulate for themselves where they want to end up mm-hmm. because then when you don't do that you end up putting your mama somewhere and you say oh i hope mama would like would like this place well you know to raise some of that guilt and fear that happens when we have to make these decisions at the last minute it's so great when families can sit together because you know how some siblings can be but if you can sit together and have you know discussions while the parents or whom the spouses or whomever can still talk for themselves then there's no arguments when they can no longer make decisions for themselves but listen, this is so, so, so great. Um, refreshment for the caregiver's yes. spirit. Mm-hmm. Give me at least three good refreshments because I tell you, I feel like I'm <laughs> caregiving to the whole world. Okay, cool. So, refreshment for the caregiver's spirit is basically the first 30 pages or so are an update on um, what has happened since 2013 when being my mom's mom was released. been a lot of changes in my mom and everything and a lot of changes in my life in general. And so it is a series of pictures after the first 30 pages. It's just pictures that my husband and I had, uh, places my husband and I had been to um, pretty much around the world. And I took our favorite photos and then added some inspirational messages you know, for caregivers. So for example, um, one of them is from a hot air balloon ride we did over Dubai and so in, in the desert. And so I took a picture of the balloon uh, in front of us and you can see it going over the desert and everything. It's a beautiful picture. And the caption is, <laughs> encourage the negative people in your life to fly away. <laughs> and I selected that because, and more people talk about that than some of the others. Because, you know, you have these family situations where the people who are doing most of the complaining or criticizing everything you're doing are people that are not helping you at all. Mm-hmm. And so we have to choose to eliminate people who are not helping us with our caregiver journey, but, you know, give their input and things, um, you know, without being asked and that kind of thing. And then there's a beautiful picture on this patio um, in Maui in Hawaii, and it's just two chairs uh, on the patio overlooking the water. And I went there you know, a few years ago, and that uh, caption says, take a seat to take care of you because we have to we must care for ourselves first because if we don't we can never be a caregiver you know a great caregiver to others and before i showed that particular picture in some of my presentations i um put the statistic up about how many caregivers die before the person they are caring for and it's almost 50 percent. that's right 
That's so right. That's, it's just a scary thought. And so people love the photos, and I dedicated it to my husband, who was my um, best friend, my everything, best man ever. And he did so much for my mom. And then almost two years ago, this, this July, he died while we were on vacation in New York. Mm. And I mean to tell you, trying to replace him, um, not only just my soulmate, but just all of the things that he did for my mother. And um, I even had to buy a car before we could bury him because he drove my mother everywhere. You know, mm. He was retired and I still work. And he had taught my mom to get in this SUV. You know, you open the door, you grab the handle, you slide yourself in because the running board comes right down. I had this little teeny dream car, my Cadillac, but it was so low to the ground, my mom can no longer turn and sit. And so she couldn't get into it. So she's crying, I'm crying. And so I had to buy a little you know, SUV to, to take my mom around even before we had his funeral. And just, just an amazing two years of carrying on, you know, without him and, you know, caring for her. Wow. I mentioned I had a sister and my sister had MS and she was diagnosed in her late 50s and she only lived four years. So she died as well. So I'm absolutely alone. And in the most bizarre circumstances, my sister and my husband died on the same day, five years apart. Girl, so that was some kind of day. That was some kind of year, wasn't it? July 17th, so pray for me on that day. <laughs> mm, 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 mm. But I think yes, you know, indeed. the feedback I've gotten from the book, you know, people have been inspired by the photos and the messages, and it's probably about 125 pictures or so. And well, tell us, how, how, can we get, how can we get that book? You have, you have excited us about the book, you know, both books, my mom's mom, and I know that there's so many, so many listeners who are going yes. through some of the stuff that you've gone, going through. How could, how could we get the book? Well, they're on Amazon, and so uh, they're on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com, and so they're you know, out there, pretty much everywhere. So, well, just um, go to let's 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 make it simple. Go to Amazon.com, and you can find "Be My Mom's Mom" right there, or "Refreshment yes. for the Caregiver Spirit." You you have got to take a minute and go and get these two books, at least one of them. But I would suggest I'm going to get. <laughs> both of them oh, you, you know so as much. we as we bring this to a close you know i got like i said sunday is memory sunday yes. when we are asking uh african-american churches everybody's church really to say something to, to do something get involved with alzheimer's and caregivers uh caregiving uh what you know get let's share at going through this your your experience what are some of the things that the african american church can do to support caregiving as well as those who are living with alzheimer's well i tell you that is a fabulous question um there is an initiative called uh you know dementia friendly communities and what that basically is is where say you go into the walmart with your loved one who has alzheimer's and you know you can get, you can get in the walmart line and it's real long and people are like i wish they would hurry up and people are you know fast and rushed and all that well um in dementia friendly communities a uh, certain line would be established um where you could bring your 
loved one with dementia through the line and the the um, cashier would look into the eye maybe hold their hand give them the change back and spend just a couple of extra minutes with that person making them feel you know appreciated and all that kind of stuff and so the churches are doing the same thing there are lots of churches right now who are establishing dementia friendly services so for example like one of the reasons I can't take my mom to church is because for about a year she has been reading everything out loud and when I say everything out loud I mean everything out loud so say mm. we're in the CVS and she'll see a bottle of kaopectate on the shelf so she'll yell out in the store kaopectate for that is the fastest way to, to, to clear an aisle in the store. And so, oh, and so I don't want her to, you know, out talk the pastor. But my pastor, she's fabulous. And she was like, girl, bring her anyway. But that's what you need in a dementia friendly service. It wouldn't matter if they got up and walked around the church. My mom does a lot of wandering, as do lots of uh, patients. She's not going anywhere. She's just walking in a circle or whatever. Well, in a dementia friendly service, you can bring your loved one. And while the sermon's going on, if they get up and walk around or yell out or whatever, no Nobody cares. And so there are a lot of these services. If you Google dementia-friendly church services, a lot of things will come up. And so um, I love the fact that folks are making, you know, maybe not even a special service, although some churches, there's one in Colorado where there is a special service where you can bring your person and 30 or 40 people will drive, you know, up to a couple of hours just to have that experience where they feel included and embraced mm. and all that. So that's, you know, one of the things, maybe have a special prayer that you can, if you Google it, you can look at the special prayers set aside, you know, just designed just for them and all those kind of things. And they make special um, accommodations for community. They come right to your seat instead of trying to make you get up, especially if they're starting to lose their ability to, you know, get to the altar and that kind of thing. Well, that is wonderful. Dementia-friendly yes. services. Yes. I am looking to hear more about that. We must have you back on our program. And um, remember that, listeners, dementia-friendly services, something our congregations definitely need to look into because, as you know, African-Americans, we have the highest rate of Alzheimer's in our nation today. So, you know, pastors, we need to begin to look at the resources that we can bring to our congregation community and I think dementia friendly services is something we need to worship services uh, dementia friendly worship services is something we really need to look more to, into. Sister Loretta thank you so much. We have been visiting uh, and just hanging out with Loretta Vaney who is the author of Being My Mom's Mom and her new book Refreshment for the Caregiver Spirit you can get both of her books on Amazon.com. Sister, we love you. We bless you. And you just keep on keeping on and doing the great work that God has called you to do. Thank you for being on Dr. P on the pod. Love you. Love you back. Thank you so much. Take care. Hope you've enjoyed the show. I'm excited uh, to have our uh, guest, Sister Loretta Vaney. She was just awesome. Hope you go and get her book uh, and have a great time in church on Sunday, Memory Sunday, and just love someone. Just love on someone who is giving care, who is a caregiver to those who are suffering from all time or anybody. You know, um, caregiving is just a, um, 
a major, major task and the caregiver needs some love. So love on someone who is providing care to those who we love and care for. It's Brand Health Awareness uh, Month. It's Memory Sunday weekend. Uh, graduation is happening. I've told you all the good things are happening at my house. And I hope that you have a fabulous weekend. And we'll be looking to hear from you and to see you, to see you next Thursday. Uh, next Thursday we have an exciting show coming up. Uh, and you don't want to miss it. See you on Sunday and see you next Thursday. You know it if it's Thursday. You got that right. It's Dr. P on the pod. Love you.